Welcome to the Lynn Sanity Podcast with Caleb Lynn, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Lynn Sanity Podcast, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. And once again, uh, we have our, our lovely Wednesday afternoon podcast. Uh, with with no guest again, I go on a two two week streak of no guests, and you know here's the thing, right? We we got plenty of content coming, uh, you know the Lynn Sanity uh, with the NFL. Uh, there's something in the works with the NBA draft. Don't count me out of NBA coverage. All right, I'm gonna pull a Brett Favre. Uh, I am gonna be coming back. Uh, you know, and doing some stuff. Okay. But, you know, I am focused on football. That is the role that I have for this network is to be able to contribute on this particular platform and do it effectively, both in football, basketball, and other sports. And so to start off, I mean, I'm going to keep doing my weekly pods, particularly on Wednesdays and Mondays. And But right now we're going to look at the Wednesday one, which is the preview pod. As, and as we all know, uh, there's plenty of games coming this weekend that are just top dollar, uh, that are everything you want, that, that's got everything you're looking for. And so, you know, I'll start, I'll start off with the Thursday night one uh, with Arizona and Seattle, which we both know. Uh, that these two teams are AFC West division rivals. And, you know, they're two playoff teams at the end of the day. You know, these two teams in general, uh, you know, came off of different weeks, right? I mean, Seattle came off a loss to the Rams. The Cardinals come out and pull it out of their rear ends, and they come out and beat Buffalo. I mean, it, it was it was incredible to see. Now, the, the key with the Cardinals is technically based off of all of the uh, tiebreakers and things like that. They are, you know, the Rams, Cardinals, and Seahawks are all six and three, but Cardinals do have an edge. They are technically the first place team. And so Arizona is looking at first place. Seattle is at third. This is potentially a game where you can see the standings really change. And so I think it's something to really look out for on Thursday night when you normally don't see these type of, you know, these games necessarily on a Thursday night platform. But I'll tell you, the, the key in this game for me is I know what both these teams are. All right. But man, you know, can Seahawks play some defense or something? I mean, good gravy. I mean, like they they just suck on that end. They suck. They just suck so bad. And the problem is like the Seahawks can't keep doing this to themselves. They're acting like Russell Wilson, okay, is, is just gonna keep them out of games, right? They're acting like Russell Wilson's gonna do the job for him. What breaking news? You need a defense, you guys. You need a defense. You know, Carlos Dunlap's a fine pass rusher. He doesn't fix all of your problems. All right. Jamal Adams coming back up the injury. He doesn't fix the fact that your secondary is like a buy one, get one free at this point. He doesn't fix it. He doesn't fix any of that. Okay, this is still a struggling football team. It's it's time to consider it's time to consider the Seattle Seahawks defense as a legitimate threat for them not getting to that next level that everybody thinks they are. Okay. And you know, the offense certainly has the capability to, but if you don't have a healthy running back, you know, I think this has also shown that Chris Carson is way more valuable to this team than people want to give him credit for because everybody's sitting there like, Oh, you got to pick up DJ Dallas. Oh, you got to pick up Travis Hober. Yada, yada, yada. Do you know what those two guys have done for them? Jack squat. Jack squat. And the, the Seahawks have to get more than they have to get more. Okay, they have to get more. Russell Wilson needs more from the defense. You need more from the ground game. DK Metcalf, 
really good receiver. But when you face a guy like Jalen Ramsey, you got to get production from other guys. It's just a, it was a bad matchup last week. I think that this game is such a bigger deal for Seattle than it is for Arizona. Arizona is a team that I think really came off a high with the win against Buffalo. You've seen what Kyler Murray can do. You've seen what DeAndre Hopkins can do. You've seen the offensive line get a little better. I still think it's shaky, but it's a little bit better. The running game seems to be balanced and the defense is figuring itself out. And, and you could have argued they could have been even better. Josh Allen, you know, had multiple times in this game where the drops could have been interceptions by Patrick Peterson or plays were just there for the defense and they just weren't able to complete them. They weren't able to get it done. And so I think you can see the Cardinals try to sit there and have a little bit more confidence in themselves because they came out, played a really good week against the Bills despite the stats. And so I really believe that this is going to be a game that is going to be about Seattle's offense and Arizona's defense more than anything else. I think whoever wins that battle is who's going to win this game. I do not believe that Arizona's offense stinks. I don't, I just don't believe that. I think at the end of the day, like, you know, what Seattle's defense is, it's not very good. It has to get a little bit better production. So at this point, it's like, can the Seahawks outscore you know, Arizona, and they're going to have to do that to win. That's just the way that they have to play. And if Arizona is able to stop them just a little bit, then Arizona can find ways to score because we all know what Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, and all those guys can can orchestrate on the offensive side of the ball. So in my opinion, this is a massive Thursday night game. We'll have to check that out for all of you NFL big fanatics. Now, the next game on the list, game I'm personally very excited for because I think this is going to test uh, a little bit of what the rest of the league sees in them. And that's the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, you know, don't get me wrong here. I, I think the Chiefs are a very good football team. I, I, I think they're Super Bowl contenders. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not. I just, I just want to see. I just want more. I want to see more. I don't think that's a bad thing to say that. Like, the Raiders are a very good football team, but the problem is they do have their up and down stretches. Now, I think when Oakland plays up to their a- – or sorry, why am I saying Oakland? When Las Vegas gets to their apex, they're a good football team. Right. But my gosh, why in the world am I seeing Devontae Booker get the ball? What's Devontae Booker done to get touches? I mean, I understand he came out with the party last week. He's like, I'm throwing my bash or something and and just decided to snap the crap off against a team that, you know, to be honest with you in Denver, who's just totally depleted. But Devontae Booker. I mean, you guys, what's going on? It's you can't expect this type of success. You can't expect this, you guys. I mean, you look at the look at the stats. The stats he did sixteen for eighty-one and two touchdowns. All right, you got to find ways to make Jacobs the focal point of your offense, which I believe that they will continue to do. But sixteen carries for Devontae Booker. I mean, that's all I'm saying, you guys. That's all, that's all I'm saying. And does Devontae Booker deserve 16 carries? No, you have to get more. Jacobs has had a great game himself against Denver this week. So I'm not saying that it was, you know, bad game from Jacobs. I'm just saying you got to get him the ball. I think he's got to be a huge part of this game. I think you have to give him 20 plus touches. I think he should be in the five or six, maybe even seven range in terms of receptions. He, he needs to be the guy in this offense. He is the guy, but it has to show. This is when we don't see Josh Jacobs become this, oh, he's a really good, cute running back. No, he is a 
top of the line guy. And that is the chance that he has against a team like the Chiefs, who, in my opinion, have been overrated by on the defensive side of the ball. I do not understand the hype between their defense. Their defense is just like the way it was last season. There's no significant differences. I think that there's no reason that Al Davis cannot, and really Gruden, cannot find ways to put that Oakland mentality back into this Vegas team. Why can't they do that? You guys, this, this is a good team. Now, Darren Waller, meanwhile, has been struggling the last couple of weeks, which, you know, as everybody knows, he's one of the best tight ends in the league. And, and it's for a great reason, right? He's, he's been fantastic. He's showed uh, the tendency to be one of the best, but here's my problem. Here's my problem. Let me read. Let me, can I, uh, let me read the stats. Five for 22. No, thank you. Uh, three of 37. Ah, pass. Five of 27. Ah, pass. That's his last three games. And I didn't give it to you in order, I, but I, I'll be nice and do it in order for you. But it still sucks. Last week, three of 37 against the Broncos. Two weeks ago, Chargers. Okay. Five for 22 and a touchdown. The touchdown was there, I guess. And then Cleveland uh, with five receptions and 27 yards. You have to get Darren Waller more in the game plan. He should be at least, he should continue to be looking at double-digit targets, which is exactly the way he was against the Chargers two weeks ago. He needs to do the exact same thing again because the Chiefs are, they're not going to be able to do anything if, if Derek Carr and the offense can orchestrate a decent game plan. Okay. And the problem with them is they want to be like the Chiefs. They want to be like the Chiefs. They've designed their team like the Chiefs. They're copycats. So use it right. Use it right. You may not even have the personnel to do it. You might not even have the personnel. The, you need more from Henry Ruggs, right? You know, let's let's you know let's take a look at this for a second with, with Henry Ruggs. Very talented player. Very talented. All right. No, no dismissing that. But Henry Ruggs, my my dude, he he's a deep play guy, man. And you drafted him high in the first round with intentions of potentially getting a number one wide receiver. And for all the Raiders fans out there, I don't mean to heartbreak this for you, but you could have had Jerry Judy, you could have had Justin Jefferson, you could have had T. Higgins, you could have had Chase Claypool, and you dang near might have wanted Michael Pittman, as we saw from this week. You, you dang near could have wanted Pittman because he he you because right now Ruggs is a deep play threat only. The Raiders are not using him in the intermediate game. They're not using him as creatively as they should. And that's a problem because when you have a gadget like that, he should be used way more effectively. I think this is a concern for the Raiders. And I think this is something that they have to fix heading into this game. Now, another point I want to make here, I think this is one of the better offensive lines in the league, to tell you the honest truth, right? Rodney Hudson, one of the best offensive linemen in football. I don't care what position. Okay. And then shout out to Zach Griffith. I know he likes the offensive line. You know, this is a team that has a decent offensive line. Okay, they've got good protection for Derek Carr. They have good running game for Josh Jacobs. And apparently, Booker has to do a lot of carrying. But when it comes to the Raiders, I think the biggest key for them is defense. I think they have the tendency to get thrown on and thrown on a lot. I think you have to figure out ways to make sure that that isn't a bad situation moving forward. Now, Isaiah Johnson made a couple big plays for them against the Chargers a couple weeks ago. That's a guy to keep an eye on. I think David Arnett is a player that I just don't think is there in the way that you want him to be, but I think he has the chance to be. I very much like Trayvon Mullen, though. Good player, but had the tendency to get exposed, uh, particularly against Judy last week. But it just it seems to me that the Raiders are going to have to get something going with the defense. They're they're going to need something. You need these people to step up. You need a Max Crosby 
okay, to continue taking those steps. And this is why, this is where you're going to have to beat them. You're going to have to beat them with pressure. You have to beat Mahomes with pressure, schemes, coverage. If you don't have a defense that's capable of sticking with their guys, you're not beating the Chiefs. The Raiders defense has an opportunity to really show themselves this week, and I'm excited to see where that goes. If you made me take a prediction, man, I actually think this is going to be a close game. Give me the Chiefs 28 and Las Vegas 26. I think this has actually got a chance to be pretty good. Uh, so for that reason alone, I'll, I'll take it close. But, you know, you can make the argument to me that the Raiders might win this, and I don't really think that that's a, a crazy take because I do like the way they're playing right now. I do think that they can be really, really good by season's end. Now, the next game I have in line is the Monday Night Football game, and and that's the Rams and the Buccaneers, who, uh, you know, both of these teams looked uh, fantastic. Uh, Rams did exactly what they needed to do in the Seahawks. The Buccaneers did exactly what they did over the Panthers. They, they just cream rolled them. I mean, they put them on a, you know, they just rolled it, you know, just, just rode that boat, just rode it right over the Carolina Panthers. And I'll tell you, I don't think that any of these teams are going to do that this week. All right, and let me tell you why. Because Tom Brady is a very good quarterback. And I think Jared Goff is starting to find his groove as well, you guys. You know, Jared Goff got a lot of hate. Jared Goff in general gets a lot of hate. Every time the man, Jared Goff, Jared Goff, Jared Goff, oh, he's, he's a puppet. He's a, he follows McVay. Let's just want he's not a bad quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback. Now, if you sit here and say the contract sucks, all right, fine, whatever. But that's not what I'm debating. What I'm debating is, is he getting the job done? The answer is yes. Yes, the Rams look good on the offensive side of the ball. Tampa looks good on the offensive side of the ball. I think this is, a, you know, it's got a chance to be a really good game. Again, I think I'm going to lean with the home team here. I think Tampa wins this ah, with a higher, a little bit of a higher score here. Very similar, actually, to Chiefs and Raiders. I'm going to go 29 Buccaneers, 26 Rams. But I'll tell you, I think that this is a game that by no means you should be panicking on any of these teams. By no means should you be concerned if any one of these teams loses. I just think this is two playoff teams. This is two playoff teams. They're innovative. Buccaneers are starting to figure out, obviously, with the weapons. The Rams, I think we know what they are. They're a good playoff team. They're deep. They got two crown jewels on defense. They have pieces all over the place. They can get them open with Cup and Woods, and it's good. They're, they're set up for good. Now, the problem, if you ask me, okay, Caleb, what is your matchup to watch in this game? I really believe it's going to be the Rams' offensive line versus Tampa's defensive line. With Andrew Whitworth out of the game for the Rams, he is the big piece for them, the guy that keeps the foundation going, I am slightly concerned that Tampa could put a lot of pressure on on the Rams, especially with Shaq Barrett and and what JPP can do on the outside. I just and I don't even count Adamic Sue anymore. He might as well just he's a fine pass rusher. He's nothing more, nothing less. And and this is just a team where it's it's you know they could get him. They could get him at the line, and so you know if the Rams' offensive line can can continue to play, in my opinion, really well, like they have been this season, they're not blowing it for him. They've been pretty steady and consistent. I think that's where the the positives come in because I think we all know that the Rams are a team that'll be right in the thick of it in the playoffs. Tampa the exact same way. Now moving forward, another game that I feel like I got to get an eye on just because well. It's the local team, Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts take on the Green Bay Packers at 425 on Sunday at Lucas Oil. And here's the thing. I'm going to keep saying it. I don't care if I look like a broken record. I don't care. Phillip Rivers can't turn the ball over, period. It's at home. It's inexcusable to lose to the Ravens at home because you do 
too many turnovers. I don't even care about the refs. The refs did, the refs did, you know, some things to that game that possibly lessened the chances, but I'm not going to sit here and just say the refs are why the Colts lost the game. No, come on. That's a logical thinking. The Indianapolis Colts through and put themselves in positions too many times. where they turn the ball over and you cannot do that against green Bay Cause they're just going to outsling you. Aaron Rodgers is going to outsling you. And the Colts are also going to have to show in the secondary that they're capable of defending Devontae Adams. And that's going to be something to watch out for. I mean, that just is. Because you know Aaron Rodgers is sizzling right now. I mean, if I touched him, I think I'd burn my hand or something. His accuracy is on the money. All right. And Devontae Adams is like, I mean, I don't know what you want to call him. You know, elastic man or something. The dude just keeps, he's just everywhere. He's just everywhere. If Rodgers just throws the ball literally five feet from him, he's catching it. Or like if he want, if he needs to jump up like 15, he's catching it. It just feels like he's not missing anything with Aaron Rodgers. So the Colts are going to have to get pressure, especially I think from the middle. This is a big DeForest Buckner game. Plus, like I think this is a team that has to come in and prove at home that they can win. They just need to win. Come in and win. Green Bay is good. Green Bay is a top team. Green Bay is going to be right in the thick of it for the playoffs. This game has way more implications for the Indianapolis Colts than it does the Green Bay Packers. So play like it. Phillip Rivers doesn't need to turn the ball over. Jonathan Taylor's had some fumbling issues. I should not be seeing Naheem Hines run, run between the tackles. I shouldn't be seeing that. Get him outside. Use that speed a little bit. After all, he's probably your second best outside playmaker. So to me, the Colts are definitely going to need to win this game. It's a big game for them. I think this has a chance to be a season-defining game if the Colts do not win this. Now, moving forward, another team in the AFC South that also has a chance. It's the Baltimore Ravens, and then they face the Tennessee Titans, Colts AFC you know, South rivals, who played last week on Thursday night. Now, I think this game's got a lot of intrigue, right? Baltimore just seems as if they're really in a funk offensively. Tennessee beat them in the playoffs. You don't think Baltimore remembers that? Oh, I do. Oh, I do. I think Baltimore remembers that Tennessee beat them last year in the postseason. And I'll tell you, I kind of think it may not matter because I think that the Ravens are a team that has so much struggles on offense, particularly with Greg Roman and not whatever Bryce Shetty or whatever kind of hot garbage he's been putting out there lately that, oh, Lamar Jackson's the reason they're losing. Oh, my gosh, Lamar. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. It's Greg Roman. Greg Roman's been the reason this team's miserable. He's not putting the blame on the right person. The Tennessee Titans, meanwhile, this is a team that, you know, had to do a lot to even compete in this game. Derrick Henry had to run a lot of carries. You gotta think that's gonna change. AJ Brown, player that I really like. Um, didn't didn't do good last week. No way to no way to go about that. You just got to get more, man. Got to get more from this week, even though I think he's going up against better matchups. So, you know, when I, when I look at this Tennessee Baltimore game, I could see it go either way. Uh, but I'm I, like I said, I don't think much is going to change. I think Tennessee's going to win again because I think the offense sucks, I, especially because they're not getting enough production from the passing game and they're not getting enough production. In the running game, they're not getting enough production from the running game because Greg Roman doesn't know how to design it for that reason alone. I'm going to go 24 Tennessee. I'm actually going to go 24 Tennessee with like 18 Baltimore. I think it's going to be kind of a little bit low scoring. I think you'll see some touchdowns though. Now, as I am, as I'm looking at a couple other games here, you might be thinking to yourself, and eh, this is a lot of butt kicking. 
you know what? I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But I'm going to flip a narrative here. And might get ridiculed for this. I'm not going to lie to you because I haven't been high on Philly. haven't been high on Philly all year. Still not saying that I am. Let's just make that clear. But they are playing Cleveland this week. And I'm really not convinced on the Browns. You're telling me that you can only score 10 points against the Romeo Cornell head coach football team? 10? 10. Oh, give me a break. Give me, give me a break. I mean, I, I, and I don't even like, I don't, I don't think Peterson's all that great. In fact, I think he's overrated. But do I think that Peterson will probably have something to say about that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I think the Eagles will make him pay. I think Carson Wentz might have a big day. I think that this is a team that might do something here in this matchup, and I kind of like them. I kind of like it. I like it a lot, actually. I'm going to go with the 23-20 game, Philly over Cleveland, and I'll tell you, I I think the game's really going to come down to, can they use Miles Sanders like the way that the Saints use Kamara? Like, they don't ever stop giving him the ball. Like, that's exactly what Philly should be doing. Don't stop giving him the ball. What's Boston Scott doing? Get his get 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 what's what's he doing? What's he doing? He's a backup running back. Five. Get the ball to Miles Sanders. Get the ball to Miles Sanders. He's the best player on your offense right now. It's not even close. Feed it to him. Feed it to him unless he literally tells you, "Hey, I'm, I I can't get the ball right now." Which how many times is a player ever going to do that? The only time that's ever going to happen is on the New York Knicks, where the New York Knicks are basically a useless organization and no one wants to do anything. The, the only thing with with it, with the with the Philadelphia Eagles should be get the ball to Miles Sanders. That should be a game plan. Maybe flip in Jalen Rager a little bit. Maybe. But Carson Wentz should be doing pretty good in this game. Don't turn the ball over. Play smart. You'll win. You'll win. I think you win. Now, another another divisional rival, you know, another game, really, Atlanta, New Orleans, Atlanta, putting up a lot of points as of recent. They are facing New Orleans with most likely without Drew Brees, uh, but they it doesn't seem like he's coming back. It seems like... Um, Famous Jameis is about to start. I mean, I hate saying it, uh, but Famous Jameis is going to be back in the starting lineup in all seriousness. And when it comes to the Saints, I, 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 I no, I've never been a Winston guy. Never have. I don't know if I, I he just, all he does is throw picks, um, but he has talent. That's one thing I will give him credit for. He, he has very, he has talent. You don't get pick number one without having talent. Winston's a guy that you can tell the talent's there, but you just wish he made better decisions. I think there's an opportunity for him in New Orleans to be better at decision-making. For crying out loud, Drew Brees does not make bad decisions. Jameis Winston had an opportunity to see that and to see things from a very unique perspective. I mean, think about this for a second. Like, if Jameis Winston was to sit out, I mean, do we really sit there and say Fitzpatrick is a great quarterback to learn from? Do we really think Mike Glennon was a great quarterback to learn from? Do we really, really? I, probably not. He was forced into situations because he's the number one pick. Okay. And teams are going to immediately want to use their number one pick. So I get it. I'm just saying, maybe you need the time. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Maybe he needs the time. And maybe you can see a more upgraded version in terms of where he's going with the ball, how he sees things now compared to what Tampa was. Emmanuel Sanders, good football player, give him the ball. Only like, that's a guy that I think should be looking very good with, with him. I could see, in a sense, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare him. Godwin's much better, okay? But I could see him having a similar uh, chemistry uh, to, to Godwin, okay? And then I could see 
the potential of Mike Thomas being really good with Winston because he, he's going to be able to throw the ball down the field in a way that defenses have not had to take a look at when facing a Drew Brees-led offense that I think you have to consider, you know, if you're Atlanta, you know, guys like Keanu Neal, guys on the back end, they're going to have to worry about the deep threats. And, you know, they can't just guard 10, 10 yards, 15 yards, and then in. They can't do that. Winston's got the ability to launch it. And I think Winston gets the win. And I think he gets the win. 20 to 17. 20 to 17, New Orleans. I think this is a good game to see where Winston's at. Um, now, let's not rush to judgment like everybody always does. You know, it, it's his first week back after a while. Let, just, let's just, just let him play a little bit. Just let him play. I'm not going to put too much into it. Saints win 2017, though. Um, Washington, Cincinnati, uh, Chase Young, in my opinion, uh, the most talented rookie out of what I've seen, you know, against, against Cincinnati who, you know, look, I, I, I like what, I like what Cincinnati is doing. I like it a lot. I think they have the potential to outscore the living crap out of the Washington team. I'm going to call blowout city. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call out Blotsey. I'm going to call out Blotsey. I think Cincinnati is potentially get 30 points on these boys. The, the, the Washington football team has a chance to get good pass rushing on them because their offensive line's jack crap. But I could see Joe Burrow just seeing a nice day down the field. I mean, T. Higgins, I could see him have a big game. He had a big game against Pittsburgh, right? Tyler Boyd, I mean, we all know what that is. That guy's a, a top 20, top 25 threat at wide receiver. He has a you know, ability to get to that point. AJ Green, solid consistency here. I think one caveat to my prediction is I do think this game needs Joe Mixon. If you have Giovanni Bernard, you're losing. I will say that. I think Joe Mixon makes that big of a difference to this team. He explosiveness, game planning, et cetera. Uh, so if Mixon is there, I really like the chances of Bernard's there. I think Washington wins because I think Washington will be able to get enough because I think Antonio Gibson's been really good. McKissick's had great value for them. And McLaurin has been the, the absolute dog for them at wide receiver that they have been looking for literally since I've been alive. So give me the Redskins. No, sorry, not the Redskins. Give me the Washington football team in a close game if Bernard is out. And to make that score clear, I'll go 20 to 16. But if avail if if you know Mixon's available, you know, refer to my last score. Now. Uh, another, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go here to, uh, you know, shout out to Derek Deke, uh, DJ Deke, uh, Detroit and Carolina and Devin Voss's team is going to kick you in the crease, Deke. They're going to they're going to smack it to you. And if especially if they get Bridgewater back now, Bridgewater's not playing. That's a massive deal. McCaffrey's already said, you know, the the ruling is looking like he is out, which is massive. You know, and I do like what Detroit's doing. You know, I think DeAndre Swift actually became the guy they've wanted. Galladay's became the guy they've wanted. But there's something about Carolina that I like. And even if P.J. Walker was available, I kind of like it. I think this game won't be insanely high scoring. Give me 26-19, and I'll take Carolina. 26-19. I like Carolina in this game. I think they have a better defense. I also like rule over Patricia. Pittsburgh and Jacksonville, I'm not even going to waste my time. I don't want to talk about the, I really don't want to talk about this type of game. I just feel like Pittsburgh is going to come in and win this. Uh, New England, Houston, 
Ah, God bless. I, I don't really feel like the Patriots have much room to talk, even though they did come out and beat the Ravens in prime time. I will actually sit here and say that I think Houston's got a chance to win. I like what Deshaun Watson is doing. I think that he has an opportunity to come out and have a nice game. And, and if they get the coverage right, if the receivers could come out big, I think they've got a chance. Now, New England's strength is secondary, as we all know. You know, they're, they're not the greatest on the defensive line, and they're not going to outscore you. But this is a team in Houston that I think has a chance to maybe exploit that. If they find ways to get the screen game going, like, I'm really – I'm not trying to defend Duke Johnson. But, I mean, give him more opportunities. Like, he's a decent pass catching back. He can run a little bit. Like, just do a little bit more creativity. You know, be, be a little bit more creativity with the run game. I think that's going to help everything else open up because we all know what Watson's talent is. Watson's talent is top 10, maybe even higher, you know, down the line. So why can't Houston come in and win this game? So I'm going to, I'm actually going to sit here and say, I'll go. I, I'm going to go blue. I, I actually think it could be a blowout. Give me 30, 14. I like, I, I, it, that seems a little high and that's fair. I, Put me, I, I don't know, maybe I get the freezing cold takes. I don't know, but I kind of like it, though. I kind of like Houston coming out and, and putting up some points. That's just me, though. Chargers, Jets, I don't even want to talk about it. Anytime the Jets are going to be talked about, I'll just say the other team. So the Chargers, I think you've uh, just received another W. The NFL offices may call you next week and tell you that uh, the win is heading your direction. May want an email address or something like that to send you the win. Uh, but it will be available via email, in my opinion. Moving forward, uh, Dallas, Minnesota. Uh, Dallas, uh, freight train and quarterback. Really like Minnesota, though. I really do. I've been calling this on the Monday pods for quite a while. They've just been really finding their identity. Everybody, they're finding it. They know why Dalvin Cook's one of the best running backs in the whole freaking league. And they're just giving it to him like 20 to 30 times a game. They're finding Jefferson. They're finding Thielen. They're finding balance. The defense is doing okay. Everything is starting to get going for them. This was a type of team that many thought could even get to the division and win it. All right. Now they're not even in that position because Green Bay is just over the top of them. But they beat Chicago last week. Continue the win streak. Give me Minnesota. In fact, give me Minnesota. 31-13. I like Minnesota to put up points on Dallas because I don't think Dallas is a defense that could stop them. They're missing their pieces. I think that shows, particularly the, the pieces that are needed to keep up with a team like Minnesota who's found their groove offensively. So I do not like the chances of this game going in huge directions, you guys. I'm just... Just don't call me interested. Now, uh, another thing to keep in quick note here, um, and all for fun, I'll do a little NBA draft stuff uh, just for just for the fun and giggles. Uh, if you ask me, one to ten, who's your guy? Um, I kind of like Edwards. I think Anthony Edwards is good. I, I like Wiseman. I think Wiseman's got a chance to be really solid. And I'm not going to predict teams and do all that. We got too many guys, and and that'll do that for you. But just to give you a little clarity here, you know, I think Edwards Wiseman have an opportunity to be really good. I like those two guys at the top of my draft board. I think Lamelo Ball is a really tricky player to evaluate. In my opinion, it'd almost be better off for him to go to the New York Knicks because I think that there's more of a chance that he can actually use his skill set, which is absolutely shoot the ball all the time in New York, than it is for a team that's going to need some 
other things. Minnesota, you know, they're going to need something else besides scoring. They have scores. Anthony Edwards can score, but he's also going to do a lot of other things. He's a very underrated passer, in my opinion, which is something to really keep an eye on down the line. And then in terms of the second pick, the way I kind of see that, I see that more as a potential opportunity, you know, for Golden State to look in themselves in the mirror and say, Let's go get the best big guy because they need to get, they haven't had it, you know, in this stretch of time. All right. Draymond Green's a good player, but in terms of pure center, seven, one, 240 pounds, James Wiseman. I really think that there's talent there. You know, a lot of draft experts liking him. Give me Wiseman, man. Give me Wiseman. Give me Wiseman at number two. If the Warriors don't trade out of that pick, give me Wiseman at number two. The other thing to keep in note here, I'll take a – here's a couple other guys. I don't want to, like, predict draft boards here, but I'll do some quickies of some guys I like. I like Jalen Smith. I think Jalen Smith's got an opportunity to be good. I think Isaiah Stewart's being heavily underrated. That's a player that I would keep an eye on. And I would also maybe consider another big guy here. Who and not even a big guy would say, but just kind of a um, does the little things right. I like Emmanuel quickly out of UK. Uh, he he's a very versatile guard. I could see him turn into a potential Danwell House esque player. Defense hustle ability to shoot just a little bit. He had an okay shot at Kentucky. I could see him developing that more and more, becoming into a really nice three and D guy. So those are three guys I would consider under the radar. One through three, that's kind of who I'm thinking for top picks, who could go where, you know, in terms of the NBA draft. Now, NFL, I want to talk a little bit about something regarding the NFL that I think is something to keep a note on. I think we need to hold coaches more accountable. And I think coaches have the tendency to, especially head coaches, to get a lot of slack because they can't win. And some aren't able to bring in a culture and some can't do any of that. But this situation with the Giants needs to be talked about. This is going to get thrown under the dust. This is going to get thrown under the dust. And that's a problem that I have. If you're going to talk about the fact that Joe Judge, a head coach, is going to get slack for not winning games, Mark Colombo, who should be fired because he shouldn't have gotten into that verbal confrontation. They've had a bad offensive line all season. He's more of the younger side in coaching. Yeah. This should be getting more coverage because Mark Colombo has no business acting like that. Assistant coaches should be kept on more and some similar accountability levels. People are not looking at this story near as much. I think that's a problem. Colombo was not right in this situation. The Giants stink. But Colombo is not right. This is a ridiculous thing. I also, it's so, it's so frustrating to me to see assistant coaches who have done some things like this not get any criticism. I mean, if this was Joe Judge doing this, this is all over the breaking news. Everyone? I mean, every listener on this podcast would know it. Joe Judge is breaking. Joe Judge doing this is going to get national news. An offensive line coach may not even get in the news. May not even touch a lead headline. May not even be touch. Sports Center may not even do a segment. 
This kind of stuff is not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. This is the kind of stuff that's, that's not right. This should be talked about. This is something that we should be discussing more is that I think assistant coaches get, you know, people just say, oh, they're assistant coaches at times, at times, you know, the only people we care about is head coaching, but this is not okay. This is not okay. Someone did this to a head coach. We should be support. We should be sitting there saying this is not cool because if all we're going to do is criticize head coaches, then we need to do something and defend head coaches in situations like this. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. And for all of you that know this, I'm not the biggest Joe judge guy. I'm not, but that doesn't mean he deserves a huge fight, verbal, you know, disagreement from Colombo that, that leads into passionate, you know, discussion. I don't think that that's appropriate, especially in this situation. The offensive line sucked. He tried to bring in somebody who could just be a little bit more helpful in D. Guillermo, who's been a guy that's been around the league for a while as an offensive line guy. There's no reason that he should have found that offensive. This is a ridiculous thing, and I hope that the that really that the media and particularly that the NFL will be supportive of Joe Judge in this situation. Because I'll tell you right now, every head coach, if every head coach that would have done this would have gotten major, major national news, major national news. And for that reason alone, look, uh, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to take it off. I'm going to uh, get out of here quickly. Uh, you know, it's a privilege doing these Wednesday podcasts. We got plenty coming. Uh, we're looking at potentially doing a, a trio podcast on Monday. We're going to have to check that out. But I know Bryce and I will be available on Monday. Uh, Wednesdays, we might be doing individual stuff again. Uh, but, but once again, you may get surprised because, you know, every Lynn Sandy listener should be surprised. And, and in general, with this, you know, next stretch, uh, it's all going to be something that we have to note. Keep an eye on. Thanksgiving games are also going to be in play, not this coming week, but next week. So that will affect how we handle the pod. Uh, so we'll have to kind of figure that out. Maybe we have earlier postings or maybe the potential of a uh, we're not going to be able to get to Thanksgiving games is a real possibility. So uh, with that reasons alone, we just want to let you know off the top of the bat. And uh, thank you once again for listening to the Linsanity Podcast.